This is Lisa Murkowski, Chairman of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee with Murkowski's Message Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Murkowski's Message. We're recording this on Friday, May the 8th. I'm Lisa Murkowski, so thanks for joining me. But you're not just joining me today. Um, as the as the chairman of Energy and Natural Resources, I have the great privilege of working with a not only a great colleague but a dear friend. And uh, today, the very first guest on our podcast is Joe Manchin, again my ranking member and my friend, my good friend from West Virginia. So we were just Alicia. just chatting. It's like we haven't seen one another. What in uh-huh. like five weeks, six weeks or something? It's been a while. It's been too long, I know that. And it's so good to be on with you. It's so good to be on with you, and I'm so glad you're doing this and informing the good people of Alaska what all's going on and what we're doing and how well it's working and people that are interested in energy all across the country. Well, and I I think sometimes it's hard to find sources where you get either accurate or current information or or information just straight from the source. And so the idea that we could put together a podcast like this and just introduce um, snippets yeah. of what's happening uh, in energy, whether it's in West Virginia, Alaska, Washington, D.C., um, I think these, these types of venues are, are good. So I really appreciate you being with us uh, today. Hello. Let me say this, if I can, Lisa, to all your listeners, is first of all, I can't tell you how proud and privileged I am to be working with you. We've been friends for a long time, but having two, two of the top positions on the energy committee that basically structures how our energy is developed and, 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 and delivered to the citizens of our great country, the independence that we have from it, the jobs, the economy, everything that goes hand in hand, and then have a Democrat and Republican that basically work as one, uh, as one American and one one for the purpose of enhancing the uh, quality of life in America, which people see, all they see is uh, is the partisanship and the turmoil that goes on, uh, and it's just awful. And to see our committee that works so well because of your leadership and our friendship, and then also having our staffs that work close together, and we have communications mm-hmm. opened up. So we have basically accomplished more in our committee, and I, I want the people to know with you being the chairman, me being ranking member, we've got more accomplished, passed more pieces of legislation in a bipartisan way, not along party lines at all. There's not such a thing as party lines in this committee, and that's uh, really fared well. We've got a great piece of legislation. We hope that they make that part of bringing back America, bringing this economy back. Well, you know, it's interesting because we have been... We've been effectively shut down in the in the Senate now since um, since mid March. We haven't had committee meetings. We we haven't had session, and so as I have have been looking at um, those initiatives that uh, we're focused on as a committee, I, I look back at what we were able to move out of committee last year, and then even early this year, we have teed so much up from an energy agenda perspective. And, and again, it, it comes because we, we, have, we do work well together. You know, typically, we meet, we'll meet on a, a Wednesday morning over, over coffee and, and 
maybe a maybe a bagel or something to talk about the the committee agenda. We haven't been able to talk about that for a couple months now, but you know, one of the things that that everyone is focused on right now is uh, the impact uh, of the coronavirus. What we're doing as a country to overcome it, the impacts that we're seeing. You know, I come from a state where where oil is is what we're known for. And right now, because of the low price of oil, uh, because of the of the just the the supply issue, um, not only uh, in Alaska in the country but globally, um, things are are really uh, we're, we're struggling up north on the on the oil sector. But we're also impacted with the other sectors of our economy. Tourism is, is all but shut down. Uh, we're worried about our fishery season unless we can get some testing underway. So we look at uh, we look about at, at, at the impact of, of, of what we're dealing with right now with the pandemic on, on our economies. And, and I keep coming back to, to the, the need, um, truly the need to have, just secure energy supplies for our country um, when we look to this economic recovery. One of the things that we're learning full on um, as we're dealing with, with shortages of supplies, reliance on countries like China for some of our pharmaceuticals and, and PPE, um, when, when we don't have a secure supply chain of things, there's a vulnerability. And so, um, this is one of the things that I think we're we're going to be focusing on when we when we really do get um, back to a normal speed in the Congress yeah. is is our energy supply and 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 really where we are. I I don't know from West Virginia's perspective what what impacts you've seen um, oh on the energy industry there. Yeah. Well, let me just say a few things. First of all. If people are longing for the committees and the way the system should be working when you have an open uh, markup, which a markup basically brings a bill into the committee and we debate it and we have good input where there's going to be amendments and we debate the amendments, if they're longing for that, come and visit our energy committee meetings and they'll mm -hmm. see that, Lisa, because we've done that and it's been constructive. I've been so proud of when we had an amendment on a piece of legislation. Usually today you see people doing things that are trying to kill a bill or stop it from moving forward, and our committee works basically trying to make it better. So if a Republican mm -hmm. has a, an amendment, then we look, okay, if we have a difference of opinion as a Democrat, we look at how we can improve that and see if they will, if there's a compromise that we can move forward and improve the bill we all agree on. That's been so great. But when it comes down, you know, basically the energy in my state of West Virginia, coal, had been a predominant driver of my economy for many, many years. We have an ocean of natural gas under us in West Virginia with a lot of wet properties. It has, poly, uh, it has propane, ethane, and butane, which is tremendous building stocks from every manufacturing. I think we have to be looking at the silver lining of this pandemic. Is there a silver lining? And you've always got to find a silver lining in every crisis and every challenge. I think it showed the vulnerabilities that we've had over the years that we've allowed. We've allowed basically markets to shift all over the world wherever it was cheaper or less regulations, uh, less environmental uh, regulations, less human workforce regulations, uh, and reduced the prices or reduced the cost to where it was very attractive for corporations, even American corporations, 
to go overseas, produce the products, and then sell them back to the markets of America. And we found ourselves to be short, whether it be penicillin, whether it be basic supply needs, whether it be basic defense needs. So yes, we used to have strategic supplies, strategic stockpiles, and if we have learned anything, not only do we have to have the building blocks to defend ourselves militarily, so the defense production, but we now also need the medical defense. Mm-hmm. We cannot let be caught vulnerable and not have just protective gear such as masks and gowns and uh, shields and the things that are needed for to, to handle these types of, uh, of health care uh, challenges. And then on top of that, not producing antibiotics, not producing penicillin, not producing the basics that you need to basically take care of a healthy environment and a healthy, uh, healthy workforce and a healthy population base. So I think you're going to see us change, and we've got that. Uh, you know, we've got some pieces of legislation, and we're looking at our committee. I know you've been looking and saying whatever would be directive or basically be involved with the COVID-19, what could we have a hearing on? What could we have a piece of legislation that would be helpful to the recovery and also mm-hmm. prevent us from ever falling back into this again and to the shortages well, that we have right now? And, and, and again, you, know, you, you, you ask, is there a silver lining? And you know, maybe it's, it's hard to use that, that, that terminology when, when so many have, have suffered, whether it's loss yeah. of a loved one or illness or a job. But, but I do think, I do think that we, can, we will get through this with a lot of lessons learned. And as you point out, the, the supply chain vulnerability should be a, an awareness to us, a lessons learned. Now, the, the, the last time we were together in person, we were working on our energy bill, the American Energy Innovation Act. We'd been working as a committee on that for over a full year. And, and you know, you think about the component pieces of, of what is, is in that bill to, to, to basically ensure America's um, energy leadership, but it's more than that. It, it, it focuses on our national security, our international competitiveness, the investment in, in clean energy. Um, we talk about energy efficiency, uh, renewable energy, energy storage, which, of course, we, we're seeing very, very clearly now, uh, carbon capture utilization storage, yeah. what we're doing with advanced nuclear, industrial, and vehicle technologies, um, the Department of Energy. You know, you think about some of the really positive stories coming out of DOE right now through the use of their supercomputers or their national labs as we're working towards mm. uh, towards enhanced testing and vaccines. Mineral security, so much of, of, of what, uh, what we're requiring um, uh, in, in response to this COVID is, is, is access to these, these base minerals, uh, making sure that We've got grid and cybersecurity. These are all things that came from this great bill, uh, a cooperative process, over 70 different members of the Senate who have bits yeah. and pieces in it, over 53 bills, groups. 53 bills. 53 bills, yeah. All the groups. 39 and 39 were all bipartisan, yeah. So, you and you know, know what I the balance of that bill was, when you look at it, we had 37 Democrats and 35 Republicans that had uh, sponsored something in that bill. Yep. That's how balanced this yep. bill was. And you know, Lisa, we talk about if you're going to jumpstart this economy and you're going to get, we've never come off a crisis, whether it's been an economic crisis and now having a heck of a uh, 
health crisis combined with an economic crisis without infrastructure. And there's not a better bill that basically jumpstarts infrastructure that we all benefit from than this energy bill. It, it is, you know, when you think about, when you think about some of the basics in it, um, I, again, whether it's, it's, it's minerals and making sure that you've got a mineral supply chain that is not outsourced, you know, when you, when you appreciate what we've been focused, focusing on, things like respirators, heart monitors, you, it, mm-hmm. these are cell phones, these are all necessary, um, and, and the components that go into them are these minerals that are the building blocks of, of society. But you also yeah. think, if you don't have reliable, affordable energy, think about the work, the, the, the extra hours going into our, our hospitals, um, the homes now, you know, the, people, are, people are operating differently now. We have got well, here's to the do... Other- as much as we can to make things yeah. e- efficient, affordable. But Lisa, Lisa, the other thing what we did, and people you know, would not think this to be so, thinking here's Lisa Murkowski, the senator from Alaska, an energy state, and Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, an energy state, that would be concerned about the climate and environment, which we very much, first thing we ever did was had an we environmental climate yeah. hearing, mm-hmm. right, because it affects us mm-hmm. all. It's a bill that, this bill, this energy bill that we're talking about, that we all work so hard on, this bill reduced emissions in four sectors that make up the bulk of the greenhouse gas. We're all concerned about greenhouse gases and the effect it's having on the environment. Power generation provides 27, is responsible for 27% of greenhouse gas, 27%. Transportation, the cars and trucks and trains and planes, 28%. Industry itself is responsible for 22%. And then commercial and residential, our homes and workplaces, is 13%. You know, the 10% it doesn't impact, our building impact agricultural because agriculture is not in our jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. But of 90% of the emissions of greenhouse gas, our piece of legislation reduces it in every arena. Every arena, this piece of legislation yeah. reduces greenhouse gas emissions. And when you think that we have not passed an updated energy bill in a dozen oh years. It's just, it's, that's, that's, the, that's the real crime here. It is, we are so desperately in need of de- updating. We know that oftentimes it's our own policies that hold us back from the innovation that we need, the, um, the efficiencies that we need. Mm-hmm. And so it is well, well, well past time that we pass this. So that's going to be a priority for the committee. But we've got other things that we're working on. And, uh, you know, we're telling people, okay, um, uh, you need to get out and get your exercise. So uh, don't, be, don't be hesitant to, to utilize our parks that are open. But we've got an obligation here to be dealing with some deferred wow. maintenance in our, in, our, in our public lands. We've got uh, wildfire season that's going to be starting up here pretty quick. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got some great technologies. Can you mention the, the, the climate change and, and what we can do to reduce our emissions? But there's some, some exciting um, work that's being done out there, uh, not only within our labs, but uh, you've got really smart people. Our, our, 
I like to point out the work that our former Secretary of Energy, Dr. Dr. Moniz, has been doing in terms of promoting things like direct air capture and, and some things that you, you think are futuristic, um, but they're only futuristic if, if, uh, if, if we allow ourselves to, to push in this direction. We've got so many exciting things to be focused on within, you know, this, um, within this sector. This morning I was able to talk to Dr. Faith Barol, so we all know Dr. Barol and what a, what a tremendous asset he is Brilliant, to the world yeah. as far as the world energy mm-hmm. market. And basically for giving, giving me and, and, and the opportunity to ask him the effects of this pandemic around the world and what it's doing to energy. And he says the most important thing that can be done of every country, they should be looking at investing in energy innovation and stimulus and and, and upcoming stimulus legislation, particularly energy efficiency, renewables, carbon capture, small modular reactors, everything. And I'm so proud of our committee because this committee that we have that you that you're chairing on your ranking member, that we work side by side, it's takes it's an all in energy policy. We're not picking winners and losers here. Mm-hmm. We're using everything we have to make sure that we have dependable, reliable, and affordable energy throughout this country so that we're competitive and we're not basically dependent on imports. And uh, he also said that we have a great chance of coming back with our markets because of our fracking that we do, and we do uh, horizontal drilling, and we have all these things that come back much quicker than conventional drilling and conventional production. So we've got to be ready and prepared for that. But, man, I'll tell you, we've got our work cut out for it. And I just, I'm hoping that people are safe, but we've got to get back into the workplace again, and we have to do it in the mm-hmm. safest way. Of course, testing and having proper gear to do that and uh, working as feverishly as we can with some of the brightest minds in the world that can find basically an antibody and a treatment until a vaccine, a, a, a credible, workable vaccine has been produced. We have to, so people aren't afraid that, if they contract this virus, that it would be terminal for them. Basically, they're going to, you know, if you contract it and you're sick, there should be a method and, and, a, and a healing process to where it's not going to be fatal. And once we can do that and assure people can go back without the fear of, uh, of a fatal illness, and then we're, we'll get things open back up. And that's what we're working towards. But we've got to be ready. Well, and we and, and we will. We're, we are an extraordinary country. We're resilient. Um, but this has been this has been uh, a challenge like on so many different levels. It is unprecedented. You're right. There's nothing like it. And so, how we come together to work to address these challenges? It cannot be that there is a Republican solution and then a Democrat solution, no. or a solution that works for urban America and and doesn't work for rural. This has well, to be all of us. And this yeah, is where I just think, watch again, how, They'll just watch how our committee works. They'll understand how it's That's exactly right. For that's the best exactly interest right. of our country is going to work. We'll get it done. We will get it done. We'll do it together. Joe, thank you. Thank you for being on oh, Ma, our, thank you. Thank our you, Lisa, podcast for being today. Not- but thank yeah. you for being you and being so so willing to 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 learn and to work and to listen and to be constructive towards solutions. We all know well, that there's a lot out there that um, think it's just easier to 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 say no, um, to say that's the position. You know, my my party's going in a different direction. 
Um, I think one of the things that I've appreciated about my work with you is um, we focus on the issues and we focus on, on solutions yep. and we don't look to whether or not they are, are, are partisan. Um, we just look to whether or not they're good for West Virginia, good for Alaska, and good for the country. So I, well, I so think, appreciate well, I working with the, you. The, the, and I feel exactly the same. I thank you for being such a great leader and working with you as, your, as the chairman of our committee and as your ranking member. Even though we come from different parties, we both have each other's back because we want to succeed. We want to make sure what we do will pass the mustard by basically going before the full Senate and having bipartisan support all the way through. And I know that will happen on legislation we put forward because it comes out of our committee in a bipartisan way. We do not let just partisan bickering and partisan votes come out of there because we know it has very little chance on the floor. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of that committee. And I think we work more effectively than any other committee. We're going to continue to do that. And we're going to get through this and we'll come out stronger in the other room. might take a little longer, but we'll be stronger. I can tell you that. Yep. Okay, my so friend, I look forward to the time when uh, when we're not doing this all by telephone, but, but we can be sitting um, uh, at, at microphones um, having a, an open conversation. So until then, thank you. Thank you.